I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. San Spence Radio. I cut down a tree with sheer will once. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you sick of being naked? Why don't you wear a t-shirt with our face on it? Just go to Redbubble and search for us. Sans Pants Radio. Good. Would you like us to explain the birds and bees to your children? We're so happy to do that. Email us at sanspantsradio at gmail.com and we promise to have a good template to start with. For everything else, just follow the links at our website, sanspantsradio.com. Welcome to Plumbing the Dust Star Presents Movie Maintenance, where some franchises just need fixing. Just need fixing? Just fricksing. need fixing. Fixing. This week is Jaws. Do it again. Jaws. Ah, oh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so yep. Jaws, phenomenal Jaws. film. Sequels, not great. Uh, no, hang on. No, no, no. no. Sequels, right, hot like, shit. This is. Stop. Everybody just take a step back, okay? Let's take a step back. 
All right. Like, I mean, look, there's, there's no way around it. Like, the first Jaws is a masterpiece of structure, of character, of pace, of filmmaking. We, we know that. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that because I love that film more mm-hmm. than I will love my own children, if God forbid I ever have any. But I'm gonna call my child Jaws Bruce. 2, people forget this. Jaws 2 is really good as well. No, no, no. don't look at me like that. <laughs> is it though? Shut the fuck up. Is it Shut though? the fuck up. No. <laughs> Jaws 2 is so underrated. It's like the Psycho franchise. My face like, everybody went blank. Says, yeah, I, no. I, I, I started like playing it through my own head. I've been like, all right, where do we start? Where do we end? Okay. Yeah, that yeah, No, that shut happened. up. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Now, Jaws 2 is... No, okay, let me... I'm going to argue very strongly for Jaws 2, okay? Because the thing is, it's like Psycho 2, mm. where, you know, there's a masterpiece original... And then there's, a, there's sequels that come out, and now like all the sequels get lumped together, and it's like, oh, people extended the franchise, and it was unnatural, and it was shit. The thing is that Psycho 2 and Jaws 2 are both really good films, and on top of that, really good sequels. I mean, I know we're not talking about Psycho, but Psycho 2 did this brilliant subversion of the original, where it... um Is that the one where he's released It's after? where Norman's released afterwards, and... People are like, he's still fucking crazy. And the sister from the first film was like, no, he's still fucking crazy. Put him back in the asylum. And the irony is that Norman is actually fine, but everybody is so convinced he's insane and so determined to prove he's insane that they end up driving him crazy again by the end of the film anyway. And it's actually basically a film about a dude who's just like trying to move on with his life and Mm. trying to like move on with like the fact that he did this shit stuff. Mm. He was fucked in the head and now he's been through years of treatment. He's trying to be okay again. And it's the rest of the world who actually fuck him up again and turn yeah, him no, back I, into the I same really monster. I really like that sort of it's thing. It's a really cool. So like Jaws two isn't that elegant or interesting, but like, but the thing is about Jaws two is that <laughs> elegant like, was not the word the, I was expecting to come the, up in this podcast. Thematically, <laughs> Jaws two is a really and, and I'm sorry, not thematically. Like from on a character level, Jaws two is a really nice continuation from the first one. Like it feels the same. Yeah. It's just it's it's beautifully written too because it's the same writers and it's got that same kind of like witty snappy dialogue the first one has. Mm. Um, the whole continuation of Martin Brody's character, which I think is the film's biggest success, where the fact is in the first film, yeah, Brody was a flawed character. Like, he was a bit shit. He was a small-town cop. He was a borderline alcoholic. And in the second film, we kind of see that that kind of get taken to its um its natural continuation, where Brody now is, like, practically an outright alcoholic. Like, mm-hmm. when he thinks the shark is back, yeah, he uh, everyone writes him off as being a paranoid wreck, because he actually is a paranoid wreck. He might be right about this. He happens to be right about this, but he's acting like a crazy person. And he starts yeah. drinking more and more. He's more, And the damage of everything that happened in the first film really comes and hits home for him. Like, Roy Scheider's performance is a guy in there suffering from PTSD who has not yet dealt with what happened to him. Watch it with that in mind. Hmm. It's great. Look, the stuff with all, like, the teenage kids, like, going out and being picked off by the shark, you know, with the scarred face, like a slasher dumb. film. Yeah, sure, it's dumb. It's an 80s slasher oh, I film. Think I like Scarface, to be honest. That was just a, like, a nice yeah, thing. Like, it's, it's what fine. can make sharks scarier if it's fine. There's face. nothing wrong with it. Got another like, shark with a tattoo. Watch the film and <laughs> watch it for Brody. <laughs> it's great. It's a, it's a really. No, a I, won't, I won't hear a word against it, man. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes under the water. Yeah, it's a cool badass shark. It's great. Um, <laughs> but, just, just make the sharks the sharks from West Side Story. Is yeah, that what yeah. just did? But Good. can I also just like stress for a moment? As much as I would offend yours to the teeth. Sharks. To the teeth, huh? Um <laughs> Jaws 3 and 4. Mm. All right. Come on. Okay. They're pretty great, right? Um, like, no, they're pretty great. Well, they're, they're like, something. Define uh, great. Okay, sorry. Jaws 3. The whole, uh, you know, the shitty 3D effects where at the <clears> end <throat> where the shark is attacking the um, underwater water park and it's just a photo of a shark slowly being zoomed in on mm-hmm. as it gets closer and closer to the window. Terrifying. And then sure the photo me. smashes 
through the glass somehow. It is mm. great. Mm. And then the dolphins save them from the sharks at the end. Yay. And then Jaws 4, where the shark is psychic and is literally following the Brody family look, from place to place. Oh, and the whole so thing much with, uh, look, with, Jaws hang on, 4. with uh, Ellen Brody's yes. kids. With Ellen Brody's kids in Jaws 4, where they're like, ah, oh, Ellen Brody's scared of the shark. So what are we going to do? Hmm, we should take her on holiday. Let's take her to the Bahamas, because mm. bringing her near to water is obviously going to do really well for her, but the shark mm-hmm. follows them. Yeah, see, Jaws 4 has that sort of weird like, point in my brain where it's like, this, this, this whole premise is so dumb, I can't like it. However... The main character, or a main character in that whole whole thing, is a shark with an agenda, Great. which I love. So it, it hits this weird sort of sweet spot where it's like, do I hate this film or do I fucking adore this it's film? Like, it's like it's it's, it's god awful. And look, I mean, the moment like I, I argue that you know, Jaws two is a solid three star film that does not dishonor the legacy of the original. Jaws two, it's it's fine. It, it's, it's perfectly it's fine. Good. You know, what? I would happily watch Jaws one and Jaws two in like yeah. a back to back marathon and have a perfectly good time. And yeah. I don't feel like I'm being normally done that. let down it's, by it's Jaws good two. Times. Yeah. It's a good film. It's a good. It's not a great film. It's a good film. Mm. And like, Jaws three the, and the four are awful, two, but they're so bad they're good. The problem with Jaws two, it's very dated. It is dated. It's, it, really, it dates it's dated more than Jaws. more than the first one. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with that. Uh, and that's sort of like the issues I have with Jaws too aren't so much with people like it's a terrible secret. No, no, it's just it's just it's a dated film. It's a dated film, but it's a good film. But it's, it's a fun watch. Fine. I Whereas enjoy three it. and four um, is just three and four are outright bad films, but they're yeah. so bad they're good. I mean, they're hilarious. <laughs> two suffers from being forgettable. Four and three and four suffers from, from being Shut shitty. The fuck up! You leave two alone. It's pretty forgettable. You stop. You you just you you look into my eyes. You know this this. I'm looking. I'm staring. Yeah, not gonna no. Explosion, he gets a car face. Yeah, and then at jacket, the end, he kills the shark by the water, riding a motorcycle. Him, luring him in and making him bite the big electrical cord. It's great. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But look, I mean, I, I've i kind of had this thing I've been toying with for a while, which uh, we'll discuss, um, where I'm, I'm obviously I'm a huge fan of Jaws, and I kind of really want to write a new Jaws film. Well, I, just I, I think do it. by now we, we've had. It's what, been how far sh- enough away. It hasn't been rebooted, and I'm yeah. like, don't don't remake Jaws. Just don't oh, fuck you, with perfection. No, you don't need to. But I was gonna say, how many like shark films have we really had in recent times? We've had was it the, the Australian one, Open Waters? Yeah, that one yes, that was. One? I don't know yeah. if that was Australian, but there oh, was, was one. Yeah. There was a recent one, which I think is the one you're talking about. Whereas the uh, one that the, like the town floods. No, no, no. It's like it's it's it's. Uh, Although you mean. There's ten, ten so you're meaning open water? Yeah, the open one that the like one where handy cam just, that is floating in the ocean. That terrifies me. There wasn't like really that, a shark film though. The shark sort of just came in at wait, one that's point. That's the two people who yeah. Like, yeah, I can't was, watch it. It's that was more just it's like, like gravity or the Everest. ocean. Like, this is a real thing that happens to mm, people. I can't. There's just one moment yeah. whereas like the two protagonists, uh, I think they they end up staying the night in the water, and then like they wake up and and I think he's gone. Like he's just mm. gone, and so she's there, and she's like, "What the hell?" And they sort of, she just like goes underwater and like sort of has a look. And it's just like twenty sharks, oh, fuck. thirty sharks, nah, fuck. and just, and then she's just like, "Nah, on my own terms, <laughs> nah. on my own fucking terms," and they just like drowns herself basically. Oh, nah. It's just not. Nah. I don't want to get eaten by a shark, so I'm going to lower fuck. myself into the bit where all the sharks are. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not outsmart eat, I'm, the no, sharks. I don't want to eat alive. I'm going to drown. Just See, it's, I can't in the do water like that where the I'm sharks like, what do you get out of them? It's like when I watch Everest, it's like I finished that film and I was like, okay, don't climb Mount Everest. Done. That's, That's the lesson do. I've learned from that film. And this film, don't get stranded in the middle of the ocean because you won't have a nice yeah, time. So oh, those, exactly. like, those films, the, the horrific figure is not the shark or it's mm. the environment. Yeah. Uh, what was so sharks Samuel Jackson? Deep blue sea, yeah, deep blue sea. Yep, that's a gener- genetically modified shark. If <laughs> I remember swim correctly, backwards, yes, <laughs> Prob- smart. Um, so there's that one. You've also the got eye shark. Like, yeah, and Sharknadoes and the one was it like a land shark or a, a, a 
mole shark or something? I have no idea, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm all for land like a, shark. Like a shark, like an like anti, um, an anti-evolution shark, film. There's sand sharks. <laughs> um, these are all like there's uh sharktopus. Yep. Yep. There's like there's there was, um, three sharktopuses. There's now three sharknados and a fourth one coming. Oh, yes. And there's those megalodons. There's there was megalodon one, versus yep. so and so. But yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Right now would be rife for a good time to be like sharks are scary. Well, game. I've written one. <laughs> I haven't written the script yet. I mean, I've, I've, I promise you, I haven't started writing it or anything like that because that that'd be lame. That would be. I, don't, very I, haven't, lame. I haven't thought about titles or themes or like. So I haven't, what's this one I called, Gabe? It's called Jaws Legacy. Cool. Yeah, good title. It's called, called Jaws like Legacy. <laughs> and um, you know, anyway, I've, I'm actually, I am, I am probably going to work on this. So and then try to pitch it because I, I would really love to have a Jaws sequel to my name. So that's <laughs> if that happens, I can probably die happy. So, so look, I mean, I'm so coming into it like straight away. I'm going to say like selective sequels really do shit me because you know they basically send a message that you don't need to give a shit about franchise continuity and you know if you mm. don't have to give a shit about a certain film in a franchise then why give a shit about the new film in the franchise it's like you know Terminator Genesis worked so hard to distance itself from three and four yeah ended up being more poorly received than either of them and now what there's just like another dud um Terminator continuity film. that and we have just... to fucking ignore when the, the franchise gets inevitably rebooted in yeah, five and years it time it's like from like two as well yeah and... from two it just was a dumb what? thing to do like I think franchises <laughs> should own their mistakes or at least find clever ways to work around them because I think the thing is the moment you start mm. ignoring certain films or writing certain films off you're basically saying that the stakes don't matter. It's mm. like watching X-Men 3. It's like, yeah, Jean Grey dies. Say what you will about X-Men 3, and we have. But it's like you watch uh-huh. it, Jean Grey dies, and then two films later, really, continuity-wise, two films later, it's the Wolverine, and then it's Days of Future Past, mm. and she's back again. And so what does it matter? Like, what does any of it matter? Like, why get emotionally invested in anything yeah. if they're just going to reboot it in two films' that's, time? That's, like, that's hindsight, and that's, that's hindsight, yes, and it's also, I mean, you could argue that the films the films that are being rebooted are shit, yes, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I just it, think it's me, lazy. It's that, and that's it's, the problem of being a comic book fan. Anyone who's read a lot of comics, it, it, there is a moment in comic book um, fandom when you start reading Marvel and DC, when you start, you start hating it and realising none of this matters. People come back from the dead, like, willy-nilly. No one really cares. The stakes aren't there. And so then you end up sort of going and looking at sort of independent or creator-owned or creator-created. Hmm? Creator-owned and sort of um, written, that kind of stuff. Like, I would I would argue Invincible, uh, which is a Robert Kirkman, um, who's the guy who did Walking Dead. Yeah. It's a superhero book, and it is one of the best superhero books I've read in a long, long, long time because it's, you know, 130-odd issues deep, and it pays attention to what's come before and what will come after and things have lasting consequences. But with comic books, there is no lasting consequences. Oh, I mean, look, particularly when something's been going for 40 years like yeah. on a weekly basis, like on a monthly but, basis rather, but it's it's a lot... Yeah, As look, an idea, when you're sort of going back and like maybe this film sucks and maybe we should kind of... Um, revamp look, I think it. Jurassic what World about- probably had the best take on it, even though I think that it's harsh to... Because neither Lost World or Jurassic mm. Park 3 are really... <clears throat> bad films they're just mediocre yeah films. they are forgettable like you know they're forgettable but it's like I don't, I don't think they were so bad that the franchise needed to be like nah fuck it, we're ignoring them mm. but jurassic world i think it nicely it towed a nice line where yes it was a direct sequel to the first one there was nothing in that that directly contradicted the second or third from having happened but 
it, you know, it still didn't really address them directly. And that's okay. Like, if, you, if that's how you feel and you want to make a direct sequel, mm. I mean, find a way to, like, Terminator Genesis. All Genesis needed to do was say Judgment Day happened in 2003, mm-hmm. and then all the stuff set up in 3 and 4, like, you know, Catherine Brewster and Wedge, John Connor's development, everything, just didn't matter. It's like, this is a later point in the timeline. It's exactly. fine. We're continuing this, this the is, end. This is it. Like, I was thinking, what about in terms of when you're playing with continuity? Uh, maybe this isn't the right episode because we're talking about Jaws. Is like unreliable narrator. Like, yeah. Why don't we do yeah. that? Like, mm. like that's a that's a way to forgive. Uh, uh, well, it's again potentially a, a, more of a bit of a creative way of just to run the risk of uh, going off into Hannibal tangent again. Yes. But um, you know, like that's what they and we've talked about this in Hannibal episodes. Mm. But that's what Hannibal Hannibal the TV show did with Hannibal Rising. They yeah. basically implied that it was a fiction Hannibal had come up with for his own benefit. Mm. So I mean, look, I mean, that that's one angle. Like you know, you can do that too. Yes. Um, but see, with, um, with this, <laughs> I, I mean, look, as shit as Jaws three and four are, I'm. It's a lot easier for me because what I'm trying to do here is a lot tonally much closer to the first two, particularly the first mm. one. But at the same time, it's like I feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot because I'm the first person to say franchises should not ignore shit sequels. But luckily, the Jaws franchise has done it for me because Jaws 3 pretty much outright ignores Jaws 2 and Jaws 4 directly contradicts <laughs> Jaws 2 and Jaws 3. So that franchise has already fucked itself. Good. So frankly, I'm only taking Jaws 1 and Jaws 2 into account. See, what happened was there was a diversion in the timeline. Um, yep, where good. something happened and it was uh, three and four happened. So now we're just going back and continuing our own version. So when the shark right. bit the electric wire, that it split yes, reality. Split reality. That's what yep. it did. And then we spun spot off into three, exactly. also four. Makes so sense. when the so photo shark sense. smashed through the um, 1983 CGI glass mm-hmm. um, and that, that fragmented exactly. off another timeline. Exactly. So that led it's, us to Jaws 4. That's good. Like, yeah. It's like Superboy Prime punching reality, except this time it's a Jaws. That said, yeah. mine doesn't, my idea here doesn't really... It's a standalone film. It doesn't really yeah. matter. It's got one very direct link to the first Jaws, and that's it. Um, basically, what I've done is I have written a low-budget character drama Good. featuring a big fucking shark. Also, Solid. A shark bigger than any of the sharks we've seen in the previous ones. Good. And there's a... Maybe you'll have yes. to wait and see. Oh, Maybe right. you'll have to wait and fucking see. I'm okay, on so I'm shall on we... Can I, can yes, I paint yes, a word yes. picture for you? Please. Uh, I'll get into the, the, the right. receiving Gabe's words position. So... We open on the ocean. It's still, it's calm, it's a nice day. And then we hear a scream. And for a second we think, oh yeah, shit, here we are, the carnage is about to begin. But then the scream's followed by a laugh, and very slowly an expensive-looking yacht drifts into view. These are some kids. They've borrowed Daddy's boat. They've taken the, you know, they've all gone out in the water. They're drinking. They're listening to pop music. They're laughing. They're flirting. A couple of people are making out. Um, everyone's having a fun time. You know, they've got the esky full of beers, and everything's just going off. And then one of the guys drunkly yells, like, oh, let's have a fucking pissing contest. And, you know, a couple of the girls are like, oh, that's gross. And a couple of the guys are like, oh, come on, you're better than this. And they're just laughing and they get up <laughs> and they're about to start pissing into the water and then something bumps against the boat. It's and two of the guys go over the edge. And at first they're just laughing. They're figuring, oh, shit, like we hit some coral or something. And then there's a real scream and the water turns red and no one's laughing anymore. And the kids start to panic. They're running around the deck. They're terrified. Then, bam, the boat is rammed again, a different angle this time. Two more kids go into the water. And it's now that they notice the hull of the boat is damaged and they are sinking fast. The boat goes under. More of the kids disappear. The ocean is turning redder and redder. One girl gets hold of a piece of the boat and climbs up onto it as the fin emerges from the water and it keeps emerging. Bigger and bigger and taller than we expect. And then we cut to the girl's face as she screams and smash cut to the title, Jaws Legacy. Yes. 
Yes. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So oh boy. welcome to our setting. Small American beach town. But this isn't Amity Island. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's sparser. It's quieter. Okay. And here on the beach, we meet our protagonist. His name is Sam. He lives in a small house overlooking the water, and this is where he spends his days. Basically, if you've seen the TV show Banshee, imagine Anthony Starr from Banshee. Right. Um, he's late 30s to early 40s. He's handsome. He's good-natured, but a little bit withdrawn, a little bit haunted. He's the kind of guy who you could spend all night drinking with at a bar, having a great laugh, but you'd come out of it not knowing anything about him. Is there a reason for that? He's a veteran. He's injured in Iraq. He's now living off a decent pension. He sometimes wakes up in the middle of the night, sweating and gasping. Sam's seen some shit and he's not okay with it. But crucially, Sam is not a sad sack. And we're going to very quickly learn that he's a well-liked guy around town. And we meet our new other main character, Jamie. She's a local uh, bartender. And Jamie's great. She's fun. She's witty. She can drink anyone under the table. She's just finished college. She doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life. Mm. Now, we meet Jamie. She's coming by Sam's place with a six-pack and some food for him. See, Sam sometimes just forgets to look after himself. You know, he sits there. He gets lost in, like, looking out the ocean. He just, you know, and so she comes around with care packages for him. Nice. Is this set sort um, of, like, around, like, now-ish time? Now-ish time. Yeah, modern days. Um, but, you know, whatever. Sam doesn't need a lecture. Jamie knows this. So she will just join him on the deck. Together, they'll just drink beer, watch the sunset, and just chat. But there's nothing sexual about this friendship. This is just a warm, loving bond between two people who are just a little bit lost in their lives, you know? And here they are in this town. They're tucked away from the world. It's peaceful. They're isolated. And here they can work themselves out and work their shit out and work out who they want to be. But see, that piece is about to shatter. Because the remains of a boat have just washed up with a single survivor, a terrified girl, clinging to the wreckage. All of her friends are dead and she saw something, something impossible and something terrifying, a shark bigger than any on record. Uh But here's the thing. The boat belonged to a rich film producer who had a summer house here and his son was killed. And (laughs) suddenly the whole planet knows about this as the producer demands that that shark is found and killed. But here's the thing. When they examine the bite radius on the remains of the boat, it becomes clear that You know, we thought this girl was hysterical, but no, this shark is big. Really, really big. In fact, the only sharks on record who ever came close to this size were the two from the Amity Island attacks over 40 years ago. The authorities decide to close the beach while they figure out what to do. The producer is demanding the shark is killed, but this is something prehistoric. This is something impossibly rare. And the naturalists are descending on the town. Protesters good, in tow. Very good. Do yep. not kill the shark they're demanding. This is a rare endangered animal. But now we've got this rich producer. He isn't having a bar of it. And when the authorities decide they're going to hold off on taking any action until they have a better idea of what they're dealing with, the producer says, fuck you all. He offers a massive reward for the death of the shark. Oh, no. Now the protesting is escalating. There's debates on TV talk shows about whether the shark should be hunted or just studied and left alone. And off this TV, mm-hmm. we move to the inside of a shitty apartment. Blinds are drawn. Bottles are lying around the place and sitting on the edge of the bed, old and ragged and beaten down by life, but clearly fascinated oh, by everything he's hearing. Say his name, say his name. It's Matt Hooper. Ah. He picks up his phone and he makes a call. He's heading to town. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> back at the bar, Sam chats to Jamie. They're talking about the shark. It'll all blow over soon. And you know what? Sam doesn't particularly care about some rich kids being stupid and getting eaten. You know, leave the shark alone. It'll probably leave you alone, he says. Good message. Mm-hmm. But out in the ocean, two bounty hunters chasing the producer's reward have gone out with guns and harpoons determined to find <clears> the shark. These are gruff, all-American types. They're sitting in the boat, chain-smoking, scanning the water, weapons at the ready, floodlights illuminating the ocean and making their presence very 
very obvious. Just chuck it in fucking chum into the water yep. kind of shit. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. And then the shark comes up from below the boat. Bam, it bites through the body of it. Floods, floods water into the boat. The two men suddenly aren't so fucking tough. They're screaming. They're falling into the water. The boat implodes and we get a glimpse, just a glimpse of impossibly big teeth. And then we're back on the beach at night. Jamie's helping a drunk Sam home. They're just laughing and chatting. And then they're distracted by commotion from the water. The Coast Guard are hauling something back in. Jamie and Sam stop and watch, fascinated, as the remains of the bounty hunter's boat get dragged in. And adorning those remains of the boat are the remains of the hunters themselves. <laughs> Jesus, Jamie says, a bit disgusted. But Sam turns away. He's retching. He's shaking. He's pale. Jamie's never seen him like this before. She helps him away from the beach and sits him down. What, what is it, she asks? You've seen worse than this. But that's just it. Faltering, Sam tells Jamie about Iraq, his squad. How Sam led them and made a call to enter a building that he was sure was cleared, a building full of insurgents who shot his men to pieces. And he'd never seen so much blood in his life. He didn't know a human body could bleed that much. And those men, his his friends, his brothers, just dead for no reason. Jamie shakes her head. She says, I don't think any of us die for a reason, Sam. Maybe there's an illusion of one, but those kids out in the water, they died because the shark was hungry and they were doing what drunk kids do. Those bounty hunters died because they probably needed some cash and this seemed like an easy way to get some. I mean, the moment you start thinking that deaths have to mean something or happen for a reason, you start driving yourself insane. You know, that's not how nature works. Nice. Now, things are starting to heat up in the town. With two more dead bodies, the pressure is on. And furthermore, summer is about to start. And just like in the original film, the shark is keeping the tourists away. Now, this mayor is not Mayor Vaughan. He's an idiot. But he does point out that while the naturalists do argue with the Coast Guard about what to do about this shark, his town suffers. Something has to be done. Mm. You know, like he doesn't want anyone else to die. But, you know, something they have to make a call one way or another. He's not in denial about the shark. He's aware it's there. At the same time, it's like, you know, the beach town. This is a beach town. Exactly. It's a beach town. We need summer dollars. The same. So something has to be done. And the head naturalist makes a suggestion. He says, look, I'll meet you halfway. He says, it's not 1975 anymore. It's not like we have to go out, find the shark and kill it. We've got technology, you know. We'll set up a perimeter using boats equipped with sonar. And if a shark comes close to the beach, we kill it or we drive it away. Otherwise, we we just make it stay away. It's not a long-term solution, but for now, just so you can open for the weekend, it works, okay? And imagine this is all taking place in the town hall, maybe. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting there discussing it. And now a new voice joins the debate. Matt Hooper has arrived. And he says to the mayor and the naturalist, have you ever seen one of these things up close? You know what these things can do? But the naturalist just laughs. That is so beautiful. You see, Matt Hooper has a bit of a reputation nowadays, and it's not a good one. He made a fortune writing and selling a book about the 1975 Amity incident, and ever since then, that's been his career. Add a handful of divorces, kids who hate him, a drinking problem, and Hooper is a joke among oceanographers. He's a money-hungry opportunist who hasn't got a single worthwhile scientific discovery to his name. But Hooper ignores this guy. He says, whatever he says, you do not know what you're dealing with here. Neither do you, retorts the naturalist. This shark is bigger than the 75 one. What makes you think you can do anything to help? This is out of your league. You know what, Hooper? Go find a bar somewhere. Stay out of the way. <laughs> Just a good so the beach is you. open. Yep. Coast Guard are in place. All week, the news are insisting the town's been made safe. But they're not too busy. Of course they're not too busy. People are going to stay away if they think there's a glimmer of a shark. But there are, crucially, there are people on the beach. Maybe about 50 or so. Jamie's there too. Now, she's not going in the water, but she's enjoying the sun. She's chatting to a guy, having a nice time. People are starting to relax. The water remains calm. And slowly, people start to go in. 
Meanwhile, out in the ocean, one of the Coast Guard boats radios the other one. Any sign? Any, any word? And there's no reply. Frowning, the guy tries again. Come in. Just static. Oh, my God. He calls another one. Just static. And slowly, horrible realisation hits. Back at the beach, nobody even notices the first attack. The guy's swimming, showing off, and then he's gone. Then another, and as the water turns red, the panic begins. Jamie, eyes wide, sits up, staring at the water, and then she sees, further out and ignored by everyone else, a little boy. Mm-hmm. Screaming and splashing. Mm-hmm. And Jamie just runs. She dives in and swims for him, moving fast, sending water everywhere. She reaches him. She pushes him toward the beach. She's telling him to move, telling him to swim, telling him to go fast, and then she's gone. Oh, no. And if the media circus was bad before, now it's insane. See, they opened the beaches despite the danger, despite not knowing they could keep the shark away, and now three more people are dead. Back at the town hall, the debate between the naturalist and the mayor has gone mental. The producer has arrived now. He's threatening everyone. The mayor says the shark has to go. The naturalist is weakly trying to argue his point, and then the doors slam open. Sam has arrived. He's cold. He is angry. And he walks up to them. What the fuck are you going to do about this, he says. The naturalist tries to say something about habitats and about, you know, the shark being in its natural area, but Sam's having none of it. Kill it, he says. You kill that fucking monster. The naturalist shakes his head. We're going into the shark's territory, he says. How arrogant do we have to be to think that we have the right to kill this ancient creature because we want to go swimming? Mm-hmm. And Sam says nothing because he knows he was saying something very similar just recently, but now things have changed. <clears throat> so he turns and he leaves. And he goes back to the bar where Jamie worked. And it's just quiet. It's somber. No one's there. It's the bartender by himself. And Sam just sits there and he just drinks. TV's buzzing in the background, news about the shark. And Sam just stares at the empty place where his friend used to work. And there's one other person in the bar. Hooper. So Hooper starts talking. But Sam isn't interested in hearing it. Hooper doesn't stop. He's a drunk rambling. It's surprising, he says, how little we actually know about sharks. I mean, they're just big killing machines, and yet in their home, they're the apex predator. And with all our intelligence and technology, we don't even stand a chance. You know, we, you know we, we, there's nothing we can do when they come for us. And see, a shark like this, it's, it's beautiful, it's rare, but, but Hooper says he has to wonder whether it should be preserved. This is a relic of a different time, an unnatural anomaly that has managed to hold on despite years of natural selection that should have wiped it out. One of nature's mistakes, I guess. And Hooper says, I don't know. I don't necessarily believe that we should fight to protect creatures that should have been dead a very long time ago. And on that, Sam just frowns. He gets to his feet and he leaves. Goes back to the stillness of his tiny house. He sits in his living room and he just stares into darkness, just thinking. Elsewhere, debate is intensifying. The impossible scarcity of this animal versus the livelihood of a town the people it killed. A decision has to be made. But Sam has already made his. Back in his house, he's tooling up. Pistol, grenades, high-powered sniper rifle. And as the sun slowly begins to rise over the town, casting a blood-red glow over everything, Sam sets out on the beach. He arrives at the dock, heads for the nearest boat, and then he hears, that one won't be good for it, you'll need something bigger, sturdier. Matt Hooper's sitting behind him, bottle in hand, swaying slightly. Is that so, Sam says. Hooper gestures to his own boat. Mine will do the trick. What's in it for you, Sam says. And Hooper, echoing a very similar line from the original, says, take me for ballast. 
<laughs> Sam tells him I'm going alone. Hooper says, not on my boat. And Sam kind of looks at him and says, how are you going to stop me? Hooper says, I guess I'm not, but you go after that thing alone, you're dead. You need someone who's seen one up close, who knows what'll hurt it, how to lure it. Sam looks at him with narrowed eyes and says, I know who you are. I read your book when I was a kid. I'm telling you now, when we find the shark, don't try to stop me. <laughs> and so they set out. And in silence, the two men search. Hooper uses his equipment to lure the shark, while Sam strategically places his weapons around the boat. With everything in place, they wait. The first attack comes at night. The shark strikes below the boat, but Hooper's boat is too stable. Sam tells Hooper to get inside, and he tries to use the rifle to hit the shark. And this is a high-powered, very powerful fucking sniper rifle. He tries to use the rifle, he floods the ocean with light from the boat, lines up a perfect shot, and then Hooper clocks him over the head with the butt of his pistol. Sam goes down, he's confused, he's disoriented. He looks up, he tries to stand as Hooper lines up his camera and starts taking shots of the shark. Shark disappears into the water again. Sam staggers to his feet. What the fuck was that? He grabs Hooper and holds him out over the water. (laughs) What the fuck was that? And Hooper doesn't even blink. He just says, he just stares Sam down and he just says, let me go, kid. And suddenly Hooper seems different. Almost like he's Quint. Quint. Oh my God. Oh, Gabe, I'm just a little bit in love with you for making Hooper Quint. I really am. (laughs) So Sam lets go of Hooper. Still confused, Hooper stalks past him heading into the cabin. He returns with a beer for each of them. Gives one to Sam. Cracks his own. Sam takes it but doesn't drink. You want to kill that thing? Fine, be my guest, Hooper says. Cracking his beer, looks out into the darkness. But here's the thing. He's in debt. He's got kids who hate him and ex-wives desperate for money he doesn't have. His peers despise and belittle him, and his legacy right now is a family who won't remember him and some books selling for a dollar in bargain bins around the country. If he can get the definitive record of this new thing before he dies and before Sam kills it, then maybe he won't leave nothing behind. Now, Sam's furious, but there's not much he can do. Don't get in my way again, he says. Hooper just looks at him. Don't get in mine. Morning comes. Day wears on. Hooper and Sam watch the water in the hot sun. There's no sign of the shark. What is this about? Hooper asks him. Shark killed your girlfriend? You out for revenge? Sam says nothing. Hooper looks at him. You don't strike me as the kind of man who blames an animal for being an animal. Shut up and watch the water, Sam replies. Goes to get another beer. Inside the cabin, he stops. He closes his eyes. He's shaking. Tries to calm himself, takes a deep breath, and then goes back outside. And then we start to think, why is he doing this? Mm. What's in his head? At sunset, the shark returns. Now imagine the ocean bathed in red, as if the blood has already hit the water. The sky is fiery and angry. The boat's alone out on the blood red water, and we see the fin approaching. Hooper takes out the camera, starts snapping photos, and Sam just raises the rifle, fires, hits the shark but misses the head. Now real blood is mingling with the reflection of the sky. Sam fires again as the shark hits the boat, and Sam goes back through the window, cutting himself with broken glass, landing in the cabin. He's bleeding and badly. Hooper runs the back of the boat, opens the trunk where Sam keeps the grenades. Sam, through the broken glass, sees this. Hooper, he yells, but Hooper's running for the front of the boat. The shark passes him. Hooper pulls the pin and throws the grenade, but it hits the turbulent water, comes back for the boat, and Hooper just has time to let out a yell as the grenade takes out the front of the boat and sends Hooper flying into the water. And the boat is going down. 
Sam staggers out, rifle in hand, drenched in blood now. The shark has taken Hooper and heads further out and starts to come around again. And Sam, framed by the blood-red sky, lifts his rifle and, pre- rifle and prepares for his shot. And then he stops. And he lowers the gun. And from where he stands, looking down at the shark, it seems diminished, you know, smaller. The last of its kind alone in a vast world. Sam knows a bit about how that feels. And then the shark hits the boat and Sam goes over. He's down under the water and as he sinks for the first time, he gets a full look at the shark and it is big. It is impossibly big, a 40-foot-long monstrosity. And in the bloody water, it is beautiful. It is majestic. And Sam just stays where he is and then he swims for his life, hard and fast, bursting out of the water and onto the remains of the boat. He claws his way up onto the driftwood fall, and he falls back and he's staring at the sky. Blood is everywhere and just for a second, he sees that house in Iraq. He sees his friends going down and he sees himself paralyzed and frozen with fear, hiding, unable to do anything. And then he reaches out just as the shark emerges from the water and he grabs one long bit of wood from the boat and he slams it into the shark's eye, yelling out as he embeds it as far as he can into the skull. And for a moment, he just looks directly into the creature's face. And very, very slowly, the last of its kind just sinks, leaving just its blood behind in the water. And Sam just lies back on this last piece of wood, just staring at the sky, blackout. Credits. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, now write mm-hmm. the sequel for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure whether or not to kill him off at the end. I was, um, I thought I'd kind of leave it a bit ambiguous. I don't, know, I don't know why, but for some reason I had Sam as like Josh Lucas. I, yeah, good. That's kind of, that's, yeah. Um, I think the guy from Banshee would be a really good fit. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I wouldn't get Dreyfus like, back. I was, I was, get Dreyfus right. back. He's, he's still, still kicking. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's, when I realized that you were making him Quint, like in the bit with the town hall. Oh yeah, my god. Yep, yep. Oh my Ref- god. Bit of, bit of a. That was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And like another back. bit at the end with the smile, you son of a bitch, mm. that he didn't shoot. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah. Oh my lord. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't kill him off. And I like that it is this sort of really because you've really nailed like this sort of weird debate. Cause I know the guy who wrote Jaws was is now very much like a he's shark dead activist, now. but yeah, he was yeah, before he was died. He's a massive activist. Um, and so he's a nice thing about like no, 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 sharks in national environment. And now it's like no, 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 no. This is like a relic of an ancient age and should die. Yeah, and this is a new new era, and it's kind of like oh, that's a different way of framing the argument, and it's a really nice way of framing that argument. And it's an int- it just kind of occurred to me, and I was like, well, that's an interesting point because it's like you know this this thing. And this is not something that's been wiped out by overfishing. This is something that just had its time. Mm. And and I'm not saying kill it, but at the same time, it's like, what are we fighting to defend? A creature that should have been dead millennia ago, that's just an anomaly that happens to still be around. And and it's a really nice sort of way of kind of that whole thing. Because now I'm very much on like a shark side in terms of reality. It's like, yeah, we we overfish. They are are a a fine creature. They do what they do. But this is like, no, 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 fuck that debate. This is a new one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, yeah, I see where you're naturists are going, but it's like, this is, this is. And I kind of thought the big difference between now and 75 is that in 75, it's yeah, kill the fucking shark. Nowadays with like Mm. protesters and all that, like having so much sway on these things, 
they would not kill the shark straight away. They, they would not. The first thing would not be go out and kill mm. the shark because I don't. I don't want a repeat of the first one where everyone's in denial about there being a shark. It's like they find it. Modern science. There's no way to get around. It's like yeah, there's a fucking shark. And it's a big one. But in your yeah. new one, can so, we please just have a scene when a medical examiner's like, "Nah, it's a boating accident. I'm pretty sure." <laughs> yeah. Guys, I would <laughs> no, just it's, love it's that. Definitely a boating accident. <laughs> what the fuck sort of doctor are you? Get out of here. It's like I'm not. I just wandered into the. Just I just hate here. boats. <laughs> Boat took my father. Um. God damn boats! <laughs> ah, that's yeah. And I would definitely not kill him. We'll leave it ambiguous because you don't. We don't need that answer. And there's things about and like he won. He got. He got his. He got his reward. He's that sort of that that death meaning something. At least the shark's death meaning something. It's that yeah. he did something. He he didn't cower. And that sort of that nice nicety of it all. That bit of a bit of an arc. Yeah, and yeah. we don't need him to be alive at the. Like, we we can say like yeah, he eventually got to shore, or we can say whatever. He yeah, exactly. died of uh, exposure, but yeah, whatever. It doesn't kind matter. Of it. Yeah, I think it was better just to leave it there and mm. let it. And I, like, I kind of like playing with these themes of like legacy. You know, like it's the shark is a legacy of a long gone species. Yeah. Um, Sam is a legacy of his mm. dead battalion. Um, you know, Hooper. I was about to say Quint accidentally, which I think is a good sign. <laughs> but Hooper, you know, is trying to ensure his own legacy. And mm, um, yeah. the producers pouring in money because his legacy, his son, is gone. Mm-hmm. So all these characters sort of, kind of accidentally too, which again was the title is Jaws Legacy. All these characters kind of are obsessed with yeah, what, their what legacies or what they are legacies go. of. Yeah. And what they represent. Like what do you, if you lose all your closest friends in a war or some situation like that, then you are their legacy and you are the representative of who these men were and mm. what these people wanted. And so mm. how do you live up to that? Yeah, like you hurt me killing Jamie. But anyway, yeah. I guess she had to go. Uh what, what would happen to the producer? Would you just leave it? As, I think uh, I would if I had more time. I'd, which I hopefully a, will if I ever do more with it. But um, I would bulk him up definitely. I'd make mm. him a real antagonist character. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like this, this the information here conveyed is not enough to fill a two and a half hour film. There's a lot that can be drawn out. But like, I would, I would do a lot with the naturalist a lot more. Like, I'd give the naturalist and producer names and the mayor, and I'd make them all yeah. major characters. Um, the producer, I would make the real kind of antagonist figure. Like the producer would be more like the Mayor Vaughan figure yeah. in this, um, the one who's sort of interfering and getting in the way of things actually being done. But the difference in this is like in the first Jaws, it's very black and white, it's cut and dry, it's we have to kill the shark. That is the objective of the whole film. Yeah. In And the, there was never any question in the first film of whether yeah. or not that was the right no thing to do. No one's been yeah. like, maybe we should take so, the shark. Yeah, I want to I play with that mate. question. And that's why this, <laughs> on the one hand, yeah, making the shark a 40-foot megalodon, on the one hand, it's great because it's a 40-foot megalodon. Yeah. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, that kind of makes it, instead of just being a big, great white, that makes it rare. That makes it singular. That mm. makes yeah. it this one-off creature that, you know, maybe should be studied. But, I mean, who knows? And then there is that question. Then you can play with slightly different themes. And it's an advance to me of a lot of kind of what was in the first one. Yeah. Because it's definitely. a present. It's more of a present-day story instead of just being like, we're the good guys and we have to kill the shark who's the yeah, bad guy. And, and it changes us just from being just a generic horror monster film. Yeah, the, of, a little of bit. What yeah. sort of what sort of Jaws two was? Um, mm. uh, I'm right, <laughs> happy about it, but I'll accept it. And then it's something like, yeah, it, it's not just like a monster film. Like, isn't there this new film that's coming out with Thor versing a giant? Yeah, whale in the heart of the sea. Bullshit. In the heart yeah, of the sea. Yeah, that looks um, good. I guess. Does it? Does it? I, I'm big into like <laughs> seeing a monster film with a big 
friggin' sea monster. Big whale. I'm so yeah. into that. Mm. I can't express how much I'm how, how fast I'm down for that. Good. I mean, I think it does. It's Ron Howard who is you know a very bland <laughs> filmmaker, but but well, it looks you know, nice. It, yeah, okay, I guess. But to Great me, cast. it's very much like, uh, do I care? Like, it's a giant, it's a giant shark, a giant movie monster. Hang on a second. Hello. Uh, this is Joel. Probably do. Sorry. No worries. Bye. We have to keep that in. We have to keep that in. It's an old, old woman. Hello, is this? <laughs> uh, Wonderful. Hi. Okay. How are you doing? Well, we're just talking about Jaws. Oh, I saw Jaws at the drive-in. Well, yes. Back in 1933. Uh, I was finger-bashed in the drive-in and <laughs> I watched Jaws in 19... 19- my, my then boyfriend, future husband Gerald, gave me a bit of a ticking. Bit of a good old rogering. <laughs> Thanks, Meredith. Uh, I don't know why you're telling me this. He but, rogered uh, me nice and good. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting back to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. whale. I, get, I, I haven't seen the film, but from what I can gather from just watching trailers, it's just going to be generic like whales attack at a boat. How scary. As, well, it like, is the true story of Moby Dick. That's the film. Yeah, it's. See, it's, it's, that's it's, another it's, one it's that based like on a, it's based on a book. It's based on a book. Okay, so but like, but it's the based book, on the journals of the yeah, yeah. Who, but it's who like, survived isn't it, isn't that. it yeah. just like a one-page thing? Where it's like, yeah, so the whale a, did something. There's and a then true the historical. There's a true historical play. event. Mm. And then Herman Melville, I believe his name is, writes the book Moby Dick based off this event. <clears throat> okay. Yep. And then there's a bunch of retellings of Moby Dick. Yeah. This film in the heart of a sea is a direct adaptation of the actual event, not of Moby Dick. But isn't it? Basically, because I think the original journal is that we're on the boat, something happened. We never heard of like a whale attacked us, yeah. and now we're sinking. But then the whale just chops off. Yeah, but and then now they... it's about like we're surviving. And isn't yeah. this film just going to be just. And what if that whale had an agenda? Which again has, has that <laughs> in my head. I don't know if that's what it is. I just see like, like a bunch of guys like. I mean, they, look, for all they, I know, it could yeah. just be like. Look, it hasn't yeah. come out as of the recording. Yeah, so again, yeah. that could be. But from what, from the trailer, from everything I'm watching, it just seems to be like a whale has an agenda to fuck some guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Ha- make them have a, a shit time in the ocean. And if, if it is that, I'm going to be disappointed. But if it's something a bit more nuanced, which then is what you've I'm sure written, it would be. Which is it's like going to be. It's going to be about the relationships between the people on the ship. I would hope fighting so. each other. I would hope so. But the trailers don't. don't on the other hand, say like, that. you know if. In, in terms of uh, you know what we want from a film, Thor fights a whale. Yeah, really um, big whale. All right, I, can, I, 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 I can get behind that. Like, I'm behind it. Ninety minutes yeah. of that. It's yeah. solid. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 scarecrows like there him. as well. Yeah, good. yeah. Why not? Good. Right. Fine. Time. Um, <laughs> see, that's the trap that most of these monster films fall into. They focus on the monster as being the most important part, yeah, and not on the I relationships the between the characters. The characters. Like, it's mm. What makes Jaws the best scenes yes. in Jaws are when Hooper, Brody, and Quint exactly. are sitting yeah. on the boat, getting drunk, comparing scars. The Indianapolis speech. I mean, what a beautiful. That piece is probably of my f- acting. Like, top three bits oh, of acting of all time. It's, it's so top. so it good. And of writing, it just it's. I mean, I still remember. I've probably said this in so many podcasts before, but I just. I remember so distinctly the first screenwriting class I ever did and the tutor just put the Jaws screenplay in front of us and was like, this is a perfect screenplay. You will never write anything better than this screenplay. Mm. Study it. But the thing about the Jaws screenplay is that it was not one, uh, just one lone person who wrote it. It was mm. a whole few different people. There was um, Peter Benchley wrote the first version and then uh, Carl Gottlieb did a pass over it. Um, other writers came in and did redrafts mm. of different parts. Howard Sackler, mm. I think. Um, Robert Shaw cut down the quint or wrote like a 12 page version of the quint speech he, which was like, then cut down they the one they used um, i believe was because robert his, shaw was a playwright too yeah, yeah so yeah because he, he did it drunk 
he did the speech drunk and then had to redo it. And he's like, Stephen, I did a shit job. Just let me do it again. And he did the yeah. speech hungover. Although, and although, that's the take they used. Here's a funny thing. That's that's the urban legend. Hmm. But apparently I saw this um, lecture from an editor recently and they were talking about like the importance of editing. And they talked about how uh, Robert Shaw did it a few times. One drunk that was shit. One sober where he did it apparently amazingly. But did, he did about, you know, 12 different takes of it. And... Um, at the premiere of the film, he came up to Steven Spielberg and he said, oh, thank you so much for using that take. It was cobbled together from about five different takes. Good. It wasn't It wasn't just like one amazing take. It was yeah, several. I can imagine. I mean, you want to think because it's such an amazing moment yeah. in cinema history. Like it is a beautiful, beautiful scene. It is so haunting and evocative and powerful. And it's coming in that film at the time it does, it just – it. It's like it doesn't necessarily raise the stakes because the stakes are life and death, and you know it doesn't really get any higher mm. than that. But it does make it personal. It does. Yeah. So it, it actually, you know, it does raise the stakes because it makes you care yeah. about Quint. It makes That's you like the first glimpse of his motivation. humanity yeah, of yeah. Clint. Of, of That's Quint, what makes of him such a good character because otherwise he's so brash and yeah before that top, point he's just like oh, i'm a rowdy sailor man and that's why i love that scene because you know the beauty half the fun of jaws is these three very different men go out on a boat together what the fuck happens when you throw these vastly opposed personalities against each other mm-hmm. and then you get this one scene where suddenly they all just come together and they're like here we are we're comparing scars we're drinking and there's that beautiful moment where brody lifts his shirt and there's a bullet wound and he just puts it back down and says nothing about it and that's it. And you're kind of thinking, fuck, like the other guys are showing off and being like, oh, I fought this shark and I fought this shark. He's just and like, I, did I this, got this. shot. And he goes, he's like, I got shot. But he never tells that story. And you sit there thinking, man, I would love to hear that story. But, but I don't. But you don't. And mm. isn't that just part of like the beauty of that film? There's just so much God, in there. So, and what I love with yours is, is that sort of that beautiful mirroring. I know the reason why they didn't show the shark, of course, because of technical limitations and blah, blah, blah. But that, again, that is what made the film scary is that you never yeah, see the you never shark. See the shark. And this one, you, you've done very, very... I don't want to show the shark until yeah. because and I want the shark to be so great. big. Like when the fin... Co- imagine the fin coming out of the water at the, in the opening scene. When the fin comes out for the first time, you kind of think, oh, yeah, it'll get to the point and then yeah. it'll stop being fin and start being shark. And then the fin just keeps coming mm. and just keeps coming. That's the first moment you're like, oh, my God, how big is this thing? Mm. And then you don't see it. And then you'll see the teeth at one part. You'll see a glimpse of this. Or you see a shadow, but it's not until when Sam goes in the water at the end. And I'm imagining this beautiful... And see, when I write, I don't normally think visually. With this, I, I'm thinking mm. very... Yeah. Like the images of the blood red sky and like Sam yeah, framed against it. That's, yeah. I really see that really clearly in my head. And with this, you know, it's when Sam goes in the water at the end and it's full of blood and you see the shark for the first time clearly surrounded by the blood and the debris of the boat. I mean, I'm imagining that being kind of a, because we'll build up to it so strongly, that should be a breathtaking moment for the audience. Yeah. That should mm. have the audience sitting there being like, oh, <gasps> fuck. Because yeah. nowadays there's this um, tendency to, you know, you blow your load too early. You show mm-hmm. this stuff. Or do I? If, if Jaws was made mm-hmm. now, you'd see the shark from the first scene. It wouldn't be you'd, terrifying. You'd, you'd see the and also like, you'd, I would you'd really... see the shark in the fucking trailer. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't want to do that. Not not for a second. I'd want to make this film about the characters, make you invest in the characters, make you invest in Jamie and Sam, and even like the mayor and the naturalist who aren't just going to be like the mayor is not going to be Mayor Vaughn. He's going to be you know a man who's like, look, I'm being realistic here. I can't p- send people out into the waters, but at the same time, my town. I don't mm. want to go too much into the town suffering if tourists don't turn up because that was a big staple of the original. I just yeah. want it to be something that's in play here. You, you could even do it, it rather part? than like, yeah, look, it's, it's not just... It's not just tourism. It's it's we're a fishing town as well. It's it's our fishing industry. It's yeah, yeah, perfect. All perfect. that kind of stuff. So it's not just like we just we just want I to have people having fun. It being a fishing town because, like, if if it's a fi- actually that's actually better because if it's a fishing town, 
that kind of lends to the whole idea that it's a bit more secluded. It's not like a tourist yeah. destination yeah. like Amity is. And if people if people aren't allowed to go out on the water because there's a shark, it's a fisherman being like, well, we can't make any money. It's, it's a similar conflict to the mm. original, but it's yeah. not yeah. the same. I quite like that. That's good. Yeah. Good. So there's, there's little, yeah, there you go. So you can have something like that. Then then lot people being like, well, I don't give a shit. I just want to make money. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you mm. know, you'll stop me making a livelihood. Are you are you going to reimburse me some money so I can fucking. Yeah, exactly. Do you don't need to harp on about it, but yeah, if you but just establish it. that little topping there, there in the background. Yeah, the mayor's being like, well, we're doing this, you know, like yeah. our shark fund. <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. slowly going down because we've got to like have all these like uh, 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 compensation for these fishermen that we're not allowing them to go out. But at the same time, like that's only there so yeah. much. And like, what are we doing? Yeah, that doesn't. And the little other element of it all. And it's, it's all good, like, background kind of window dressing and sort of informing <clears throat> motivations and everything because at the heart of this, it's a story about Sam and about Hooper. Yeah. And about Jamie too. I mean, even though she dies pretty early, but it's like these characters who I just love broken, like, damaged people just trying to sort themselves out. And it's beautiful because she's just like, oh, there's no meaning in death, but a death mm. had meaning of saving a kid. And it's yeah. just like, yeah. ah, Jamie. Oh, Poor Jamie. I miss you so and she's much. and I don't. I, I can't. I'm not even going to have that glimmer of there being a love interest. No, that was yeah. that was perfect. Because you didn't need it. Just, Fuck off, love interest. Yeah, no, no, not for a second. They're just friends. Exactly. You know? there's, there's that sort of you know, trope in Hollywood, trope in sort of films. You have to like just shoe in a love story just as a B story. It's like I had this idea for this whole lovely plot, and it's like, all right, but what's your B story? Ah, uh, they fall in love. Mm. Yeah, no, fuck Done. Fuck that. Fuck no, that. don't want that at all. Don't want it's, that at no, all. This, the, 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 <laughs> key, the key thing I want to do with this is to give it a ton of heart. Mm. The first Jaws has a ton of yeah. heart. The second Jaws has plenty of it heart. It does. It does. Like, as it, much as I'm like, it's a slasher film. It's got <laughs> yeah, heart. Yeah, it does have uh. heart. And that comes from the characters. That comes mm. from Brody and Quentin Hooper and Ellen even. Um, you know, it's a big part of it. And I want to give this, by making this first and foremost about the characters, I mean- yeah, it's 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 it is connected to the first Jaws because it's got Hooper, but basically it's a standalone story about someone trying no, to hunt it, a big shark. Exactly, it's yeah. got that, all the elements yeah. you sort of really want from a world where Jaws happened. It's you know, yeah, there was this giant shark attack, like two shark attacks back in '75, yeah. and yeah, like there's this guy who was a big part of it, and he's just a washed up piece of drunken shit. <laughs> yeah, so, he's a wreck now. Whatever. There's a Hollywood producer who probably you know you could, on the nose maybe, but you could tie it in. Maybe he. Yeah. Mm, did he produce the, the fucking adaptation? Uh, I hate it. I don't like I said it. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, um, it's out there. But, you know, you could have something like that. Maybe that's where, you know, even, even Max made some money where he did make a shitty, like almost a B film yeah. of that. Of yeah, Jaws yeah. kind of thing where where it was um, you know that would be funny you like Jaws. note that at one point the producer did make a film about sharks yeah. based off Hooper's book <laughs> it could be interesting to have something like that and then I mean if if you really want to go down this road like you get glimpses of that film and it's like a bad reenactment yeah. of the first Jaws <laughs> but um but in, from Hooper's perspective where like Hooper would be the hero and Brody <laughs> would just be this hapless guy who's along for the ride yeah, and yeah. Quint's the bad guy like ruining everything <laughs> at every corner yeah because yeah. that would be Hooper's retelling like I mean. He, like I don't, I don't think he'd be too harsh on Brody, but I think he'd be pretty shit on Quint. <laughs> like if he wrote this book, and I think when if it was like sort of the film was made like you know like eighties, it was like late eighties, so it was like you know Max was just like a six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like real, real, like real. Dolph Lundgren up. plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arnie plays Quint. <laughs> That'd be great. So you could, nine for Quint, you could play with that. The only thing I hate about that is that you then make the world so much smaller. Yeah, yeah that's so, it. Would be that producer mm, being the one yeah. involved would be oh, two on the nose for my life. Yeah. Yeah. But you could always the have film it. existing isn't so much a problem. Yeah, that, I mean, because I just said Hollywood producer because I was like, what's a rich guy who would put up a ton of money for his kid getting killed by a shark? Yeah, He's probably coked yeah. out of his head to be kind of like it's the shark's fault. It's Kill a shark. shark. Yeah, not don't, don't mind the fact that your your kid was out drunk and yeah, exactly on, on, on daddy's yacht. Uh, 
Um, so you could, yeah, do something like that. You, you could do a lot of, lot of fun with that. Oh man, I want to see this film. I really, I I'm sad now. It's not real. We do. We're like, that'd be great if we watched that. Oh, it doesn't exist, does it? Oh. Damn. I've got a, um, Damn. back to reality. One of my mates from screenwriting class, he's kind of, he's pushing to make a film about the making of Jaws. And he's yeah. like to me, we really should co-write a film about the making of Jaws. Cause there's a lot of amazing, interesting stuff mm. going on behind the scenes. And so I was kind of looking at it and I've, I've already kind of got an idea for what I do in that script, but I was like, all right, I'll help you write this. If you help me write Jaws five, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to do. Awesome. That's what I really oh. want to do. Awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Um, probably write it and then just keep it. And then if eventually I get to universal somehow, turn up drunk on their doorstep. Be like, Mate, yes. my Jaws movie. <laughs> Oh, I made this. Film it. It's got a shark. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Gabe. I've been Tom. Uh, and if you have any better ways to get Jaws back on track, let us know. Email us in sanspantsradio at gmail.com. Bye. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big-